love our our music so much. It's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to part two. My name is Savannah, and I'm Alicia, and this is Burden of Proof. Okay, Woo, we're here. We're here. We're doing part two of the Celeste Beard case. Yes. If you haven't listened to part one, you're listening to the wrong episode. Go back a week. Listen to those. It's great. Yes. Come back. Listen to this one. You get the whole story. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to be really confused. <laughs> yes. But thank you. Who requested this case again? Heather requested this case. Thank you thank very you, much, Heather. Heather. Um, we love doing listener requests. So, yes. I am speechless. <laughs> so far i'm speechless oh about the case yeah yeah it's a it's a wild one and it's just about to get crazier so oh boy okay yeah, yeah there's and like i will say and i meant to say this in the last episode but you're here now like there's so many stories and like little instances of her behavior that i can't include like, there's so much yeah it's insane so I don't know. Well, you're going to get into the trial, right? Yes, So they I am. might have done a psych eval for the trial, I'm guessing. Maybe. No? no not, not so really. much. Yeah, not so much. Okay. That wasn't really part of her defense at all. Her defense was that she had nothing to do with it. Oh. Well, oh, yeah. Well, that so. just actually furthers your mm-hmm. narcissistic theory. Yeah. I, I really do think that we're leaning hard into that one, but. <laughs> yeah. It's Okay. So when we left off, um, Celeste had begun convincing Tracy that the only way out of her marriage was for Stephen to die. So Tracy would later tell us a story of a night in the fall of 1999 when she, and I just want you to picture this with me because I have this in my head. I can see it. Fall so of 1999. It's a fall night. The, the leaves, are, close your eyes. Oh, sorry. Come on now. We're imagining. <laughs> The leaves are rustling. It's dark. It's a cool Texas night. And there's a big mansion in front of you. And the phone is ringing. And it it's it's Celeste calling Tracy to say, I need you to come over right now. And she gets there. And Tracy is in her big, beautiful, custom mansion. Well, not Tracy. Celeste. It's a lot of names. <laughs> <laughs> Switch their spots in your imagination. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Tracy gets to the home and Celeste shows her that Stephen is unconscious at the dining room table between the drugs and the Everclear and, you know, all of the methods that she was using. He had passed out. And so she says, this is when we we need to act. We need to do this right now. Tracy's like, "Uh, what are you saying to me right now? No. And she's like, well, we need to kill him now if we're, this is the time. And Tracy's like, I cannot do that. I, I'm not able to do that. I'm chickening out. So yeah. Celeste tries. She puts a plastic bag over his head with an unsuccessful attempt to choke him to death. And she, she can't do it. She chickens out too. So Tracy just helps her get him to bed. And like, he's a big man. He was over 300 pounds. He was a big boy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it took, it took everything in them to get him into bed. But eventually, they then start planning how they're really going to kill him. So you couldn't do it, but now you're going to plan how you can do it. Mm-hmm. I get that? Okay. Yep. When asked why she was willing to help Celeste kill her husband, she said, quote, I did believe everything she told me about what was going on. 
and I just felt real bad for her. And from what I knew, he was a terrible man and he wouldn't let her up. You know, what is there to say? She's a victim in this, too. She is because her, so I don't want, yeah. you know, if I you don't, don't remember from part one, she's she's got some severe mental health issues that she is actively working on. Yes. Um, but yeah. And Celeste was a charmer and she was manipulating the crap out of Tracy. Yeah. I think my issue with like, I don't want a victim shame. I just don't. I don't know if I've talked about it on the actual show or if we've just okay. talked about it, but I just I do struggle I think I did in the cult case. The okay. love is one cult case. I, I struggle with like looking around and seeing all these people buy into somebody that's very nar- that's obviously yeah. narcissistic. And when we're talking narcissistic, we're not just throwing that around loosely like you see on social media. Oh, yeah. We're no. talking about the legit personality disorder. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, there's two, there's actually two distinctions within that mm-hmm. because there's that that's okay you have narcissistic personality disorder and then there's like one that's actually more detrimental and i won't name names of the very popular one who is a public figure <laughs> and it just kills me and i don't know if it's because i grew up with somebody that i believe could potentially be diagnosed with yeah. that so i don't i see through it because I've already lived the bad experience. So it's just hard. Like, Well, and, you know, we, you and I have talked about this before. We're both INFJs. We, like, we have very little tolerance for people's BS. Oh, absolutely. As just a staple. And so it, it, I think it's also just a personality thing, too. Yeah. Not to mention when you're vulnerable like that. Yes. But we'll talk about it. I I think that this case, I will go ahead and say now, I think that this case is handled very well by the courts. Oh, nice. Um that's always good to hear. It is. And I and and everybody who was a victim agrees with that. So, good. well, yeah. It'll be okay. Okay. All right. So, Stephen in an attempt to um, you know, help his marriage and to help Celeste plans a 3-week long dream European vacation. He was supposed to leave with Celeste on October 2nd, 1999, or October 3rd. On October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. It's October 3rd. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Celeste started telling Tracy, oh, I don't want to go on this trip. I don't think I can spend three weeks with him. It's going to kill me. I'm going to kill myself if I have to go on this trip, this dream trip to Europe for three weeks, paid for for free. I just have to show up. That's my Celeste interpretation. She actually talks like this, but whatever. Does she really? She does the, she has a very like, I'm so innocent, like infliction in her voice. Ew. And like, it doesn't match what she looks like because right when she's with Steve, she's this like blonde, young, hip, cool wife. But then the minute that she gets arrested and she's in jail, she stops dyeing her hair. She goes back to this like mousy brown color to look really innocent. And like, so she doesn't look, it's just weird. You'll see pictures of her on our social media if you want to go look and see, pull it up. You'll see what I'm talking about. But when you watch interviews with her, she just like tries to feign innocence. And then like in comment on her post. (laughs) Oh, we forgot to do that for the last episode. 
oh, to give yeah. an emoji. Yeah, we did. That's okay. Oopsies. It's, you know. It's at the end of this. That way, it's just when they've listened to the whole case. Yeah, true. Okay. It's fine. Uh, Yeah, go go on our social media. Go right now. We want to see your beautiful faces. Mm-hmm. We totally look at the profiles to follow us because we want to know what you guys look like. Especially on Instagram. Yeah. There's so many fake accounts that I'm always trying to determine. <laughs> is this real? a real person? Are you real? It- Are you fake? Are you real? Are you, real? Are you fake? I just like it's crazy because we see our numbers go up and up and up and then we like actually get to see you guys. I love social media. It's cool. Anyway, she was complaining so much. She kept telling Tracy like, I'm going to kill myself if I have to go on this trip. Like this trip is a matter of life and death. I'm going to kill myself. So we need to do something before then. So just a few days before the trip started in late September, Celeste asks Tracy to shoot. Steven. Tracy had, she used to have a lot of guns and then she got rid of them when she was having some suicidal ideations. So she got rid of them. She only had one. It was a shotgun that she used to shoot skeet with, which this is Texas. That's very normal. Yeah. And so, you know, Celeste knew that. So she said, well, will you shoot him? And she was like, "Mm, no. But then she kept saying, I'm going to kill myself if you don't. So. She agreed. She said, okay, if you do three things for me, if I'm arrested, I will shoot him. You have to find homes for my pets, good homes for my pets, pay my legal fees, and support me while I'm in jail. If I get arrested and you do those three things, I will shoot him for you. No. So it's like, yeah, no problem. Once I have all his money, like, of course I can pay your legal fees and, like, support you financially while you're in jail. Like, of course. No. Yeah. So the afternoon of Friday, October 1st, Tracy shows up at Celeste's mansion to plan the shooting. And so they're basically Celeste tells her, like, Jennifer's not going to be here. I'm going to be in Christina's room, which is normal because she didn't sleep in their bedroom often because he had a CPAP machine and it was loud and she couldn't sleep. So she said, I'll be with Christina. Jennifer will not be here. Park in the back. Come in. Shoot him in the stomach. And then he'll bleed out and die. And then I'll call the police. Tracy's like, well, what if he doesn't die? And also, like, I'm going to drop a shotgun shell. It's going to automatically eject. What do do you want me to do? What? She says, don't worry about the shotgun shell. I'll pick it up. I promise. And I won't call the cops until he's dead. He's going to bleed out. I just don't want you to shoot him anywhere else because I want it contained. I don't want to redecorate. Dead ass. That's what she said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yep. What is wrong? Oh, never mind. We've already said what is wrong <laughs> with this woman. Yeah, I exactly. Just, even more disturbing than that is like, why at, at that point, lady? Yep. Even if you have fallen for, well, that goes back to me being an INFJ. I would never fall for somebody who says such superficial BS. Oh, yeah. And she is in love with Celeste at this point. Like, yeah, they're still together. Not to mention Celeste is still sleeping with Jimmy Martinez. Like, she's all over the place. Celeste is a mess. And Celeste is just a lover. (laughs) She's just a lover. She's always, her mom says she's always been such a caring person. (laughs) Well, you're her mom. Like, yeah, 
whatever. Yeah, she is. She's caring about herself. herself. Yeah, exactly. So to get the plan in motion, Celeste tells Jennifer, hey, like, take your boyfriend and the dogs and go stay the night at the lake house. And this is the first time that Celeste ever let her spend the night with her boyfriend. Like, Celeste may be a bit of a a lover, <laughs> but and she may talk in front of the kids and do things for the kids that she shouldn't do, but she she didn't let them do those things. So for her to say, well, why don't you and her boyfriend's name was Chris go to the lake house and spend the night? She was like, okay, sounds good. So she and her boyfriend take Megan, and they and they also take Celeste had a dog as well to the lake house. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Except do what I do. <laughs> only when I want you to. <laughs> yeah. Like, only when I approve it. And so she also tells Christina, like, Christina was going out with her boyfriend. And she says, hey, can you just be home, like, before midnight? Like, she doesn't normally have a curfew. But she said, I'm going to try and go to sleep. And I just want you to be home. And so Christina was like, yeah, you never give me a curfew. So when you want to give me one, that's fine. She goes and she comes back, like, around midnight. And she goes to bed. And like she said, she told she's Celeste normally slept in Christina's room. So she knew like if her mom said, I want to go to bed, I don't want you to come home really late, wake me up. Like that's fine. That's normal. Yeah. So she and Christina are in bed and the plan goes off without a hitch. Except so many hitches. <laughs> it was, <laughs> was like a tractor say. trailer factory in there with all them hitches. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy goes in and she shoots Steven in the stomach. He does not die. He calls the police himself, which I don't know why they didn't plan on him doing that. And when they arrive, they immediately arrange for an airlift to the hospital. So the area that they lived in had a private helicopter for medical airlifts. So they can arrange that super fast. And and Celeste did not pick up the shotgun shell that she was supposed to pick up. And it's just a question. Yes. Did she not drug him that night? She did. That's why he. That's why she was able to get in and shoot him before. Okay. And Tracy was able Probably to get just out. The he adrenaline woke, made he woke it. up yeah. to his like, and the call is quite graphic. He's like, "My guts are coming out of my stomach." Oh, and he had just had some recent medical procedures, so he was concerned about like stitches and stuff like that. And yeah, Ugh. yes. Okay, so. Yeah, well, I was just thinking, how would he have had the capacity to get up? Because he didn't think he was shot. Well, if he was drugged and drank Everclear. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But. I don't know. Probably adrenaline, because adrenaline will sober you up in a heartbeat. Well, that, and it had also been definitely, like, several hours Hours since since that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, um. And he, like I said, he didn't think he had been shot. Like, he thought that yeah. it was some sort of health issue, which I think helps with the... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just imagine, like, EMT showing up and be like, sir, you've been shot. shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is gross. And it was You bad. don't have a busted stitch. You, you're, like, you yeah. have shrapnel. <laughs> you know? It was nasty. Um. Yeah, we'll talk about his, like, health complications in just a second. Oh, boy. So, like I said, Celeste didn't pick up the shotgun shell, and I don't think she really had any intention of picking up the shell, but whatever. 
She also didn't really do any part of her plan, like her side of what she was supposed to do. She didn't do because she didn't make sure that the first responders weren't called. Yeah. You're telling me she didn't think about the fact that he could just grab a landline or like in like he's rich. He had phone his room, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's the year 2000. We're not. This isn't, you know, he called the police in 99. Yeah. 99. He would have yeah. he would have had a phone and it probably on his nightstand exactly there was no reason for her not to have unplugged that <laughs> like yeah she never intended on it but i can't i can't prove that but still either way she woke up christina and was like there are police here can you please go figure out why like i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> send her daughter to go take and her that. daughter's what like 17. Oh, no. She had just... 18. She was 18. Yeah. Good Lord. hmm So she got there. They were told that there was a medical emergency, and she instantly became hysterical. But according to the first responders, the hysterics would kind of go up and down, and, like, sometimes it would seem like she was crying, but there were no tears. Like, they thought it was weird. But they airlifted him to the hospital. Christina and Celeste were driven by police escort to the hospital to meet him there. And Jennifer and her boyfriend were driving in from the lake. Okay. Uh, One of the officers, his name was Paul Knight, he spoke to the group of (laughs) youngins. Youths. Youths. (laughs) And they were like, do you have any? Like, now that we have investigated and discovered that this was a shotgun... Do you know who could have shot your dad? And they were all like, oh, yeah, Tracy. <laughs> like They were all like, I mean, I guess if I had to pick somebody, it was probably Tracy. Oh, my God. Um, and so later that day, not knowing that the kids had already talked to the police, Celeste was like, hey, by the way, let's not mention Tracy's name to the police. Like, she wasn't involved. <laughs> I just don't want to get her involved. You know, like, let's just not talk about it. Whoopsie. And they were like, yeah, we won't say anything. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Don't kill me. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, they didn't tell her that they had already said something. Yeah. Because they're thinking, okay, well, if she doesn't have anything to do with it, it won't matter. Yeah. And these girls aren't stupid. They're very smart. So, um, let's check in on Steve. Steve was rushed into surgery where they had a lot of work to do. They had to, like, resect part of his bowel and, you know, piece him back together again. And he had an enlarged heart and was also, I mean, he's 75. Yeah. Um, and they, they weren't able to complete the surgery. Like, they couldn't close him up. Oh. They used surgical mesh because yeah. there wasn't enough skin to oh. go around. And they had to stop before they could really finish because he just, they couldn't continue to keep yeah. him under anesthesia. He would require many follow-up surgeries, but he was alive. Now, obviously, the police are investigating, but nobody's really cooperating because Celeste has decided that she is the authority of who can speak to her husband and her family. She puts a sign up on the hospital room door that's like, nobody talked to my husband without his attorney present. Um, ma'am? <laughs> ma'am, your husband was the victim. Like not, not yeah. not the criminal. He was the victim. They sh- they need to talk to him. He probably wants to talk to them. 
He was very much on lots of pain medication. Yeah. She had already lawyered up. And now to her attorney, she told everything, too. She told him the whole truth from the beginning. She was like, he needs to know if he's going to keep me safe. So he knew what was going on. Yeah. This no communication with the cops policy supposedly applied to her daughters as well. And she said, don't talk to them without my attorney present, my attorney. And make sure you tell everybody that I loved your stepdad and that I would never hurt him. Kay. Lies. Literally. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. Lies. So based on the tips from Jennifer and Christina and their boyfriends earlier, the police obviously go and talk to Tracy. They search her home and she gives them the gun because she thinks they can't link it to the crime scene because there's no shotgun shell at the crime scene. Except that uh. there was. So they did link it. And she was arrested and then released on bond. Because I think everybody and the judge was like, I don't think you're really a danger to everybody else. Like, you're fine to go. As long as Celeste doesn't want her to be. Apparently. So while Steve was in the hospital, Celeste spent a lot of money and she presented it to the trust as expenses for Steve to make the home ready for him to leave the hospital. So when the hospital decided to send Steve home, they talked about the risk of infection and how that was super high and that he needed around-the-clock care and he needed people to make sure that everything was clean. Because, again, he basically has an open wound in his abdomen. Yeah. And so they tried to talk to her about hiring nurses and Celeste was like, no, nobody's going to take care of him like I do. So she does not hire any nurses to come in and take care of this. Well, no. Poor man. Who else is going to get his wound to fester? Exactly. She told Tracy, well, I'm not worried he's going to die because I'm just going to like not wash my hands and he's going to get infected and he's going to die. So she gets him to the house. They release him back home and he's ready to kind of settle back in and get back to normal, except she actually hadn't done anything to get the house ready and there were no ramps. So he was wheelchair bound and he couldn't get anywhere. Once her daughter's boyfriends were able to lift his wheelchair and get him into his room and in his bed, he realized he wouldn't be able to move around on his own at all, as there were stairs leading into his bedroom. Oh, boy. He was completely at the mercy of Celeste. Unfortunately, he did get an infection. He actually didn't get an infection in his wound, but because his system was compromised, he got a yeast infection on his inner leg that ended up becoming too much for him to handle. And on January 22nd, he passed away. And his actual cause of death was like a, a blood clot, but it was all because of, you know. Yeah. So, shot on October 2nd, and he lived until January 22nd. Wow. Yeah, he was definitely fighting to be alive. After the funeral, Celeste was, like, chipper. She had a limousine stop at a shopping center on the way home from the funeral. The shopping center was owned by Steven, and they entered one of the stores, and she told the employees that I'm the owner now, and you have to kiss my ass like you kissed Steve's ass. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Pretty quickly after Steven passed away, she hired a personal assistant named Donna Goodson. 
Goodson would later testify that Celeste slept all day and partied all night. She said that she would frequently visit Austin hotspots and nightlife, and that she was involved, involved, what did I say, involved, 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 involved with several men, including a bartender named Cole Johnson, who she later married. So now she is Celeste Beard Johnson. Okay. Okay. Celeste told her assistant at one point that her attorney had said lots of A's. <laughs> she told her assistant that her attorney said, quote, it would take two pieces of evidence to indict somebody for murder. One would be the gun and the other would be Tracy, which they had. Goodson said, well, what if Tracy cooperates? And that got her thinking. Well, she said, huh, well, Miss Personal Assistant, do you know anybody who could get rid of Tracy for me? Oh, my God. So she said, well, I guess anybody could get rid of anybody for the right amount. Like, she doesn't know what to say. She's not a killer. So when they returned to Austin, they were on a trip when this conversation happened. When they got back to Austin, she gave her assistant $500 to go hire a hitman to kill Tracy. She took her to Tracy's house to show her, hey, this is where she lives and this is what her car looks like. The hitman would need that information, correct? And so as time passed and she didn't die, as Tracy was not killed, uh, Celeste was like, bro, what's going on? I thought we were going to get rid of this problem and you haven't gotten rid of it for me. And she's You're like... You're supposed to assist. <laughs> assist me, assistant. <laughs> and she was like, I mean, listen, you only gave me $500. That's not enough. And she eventually made additional payments of... $2,500, an additional $2,500, and $7,460. that? Hitmen. Yeah. Celeste tried Hitmen to- Hitmen don't work for minimum wage, I Celeste. I know, literally. <laughs> uh, Celeste tried to hide these payments with no success. <laughs> God, this is so ridiculous. Kristen, Christina, not Kristen. Christina was like, bro, why are you giving her thousands and thousands of dollars? And uh, because hitmen won't work <laughs> Celeste, for minimum wage. Celeste was like, I will physically kill you if you ask me that question. No, she won't. She'll just hire, hire a <laughs> And so eventually Celeste told Christina that she had hired a hitman to kill her, but she had, quote, called it off. Now, we'll, we'll talk back about her telling her that she had hired a hitman because that's important. But in the meantime, I want to talk about the fact that she... It, Celeste was still talking to Tracy this whole time. Well, yeah, she's got to keep her on her hook so she doesn't turn on her. I mean, she's in communication. She's in cahoots. It, I must have been exhausting. Like, oh, my gosh. But the phone calls and the phone records were used in court to prove her, A, planning the crime, and B, that they were in communication after the fact. Yeah. So... Between August 29th and October 1st, 98 calls were made between the two, and the calls continued after the shooting had been completed. 94 calls between October 2nd and January 26th were made between the two, and when asked why she was talking to Tracy, she was like, I'm not talking to Tracy. Then who is? Because it's your phone. You can't gaslight science. Mm-hmm. You can't gaslight science. In January, um, Jennifer and Christina had all of their phone numbers changed in order to stop her communication with Tracy. They were like, this is enough. Enough is enough. This woman eventually killed our stepfather. We're not talking to you. You have to stop. 
changed yeah. all their numbers. Yeah. One on the day that Steve died, Christina or Jennifer's boyfriend, I'm not sure which one, but it was one of their boyfriends, was in Celeste's car when he found an unfamiliar cell phone. This phone belonged to Tracy. So they had had burner phones, basically, to talk to each other after their numbers were canceled or changed. Yeah. 50 calls or so was made between this phone and another phone between January 8th and January 26th. Hmm. So, you know. Long story short, eventually, Tracy struck a deal with the police testify against Celeste in exchange for a reduced sentence and she pled guilty with her stuff and the fact that Christina recorded a phone call with her mother where her mom told her that she had hired a hitman to kill Tracy because of the whole situation mm-hmm. they were able to al- arrest Celeste Beard nice okay So, originally, Tracy's deal with prosecutors was to plead guilty for 20 years, and then if she testified against Celeste, she was granted a reduced sentence of 10 years. Sounds short, but the girls were okay with that. She asked them. Tracy asked them. Mm -hmm. Wow. Steve's older children thanked the twins and even thanked Tracy for their difficult testimonies during the trial um, that eventually helped bring Celeste to justice. So everybody was on board with what Tracy was ended up ended up serving. And she did serve her 10 years and she is she is out of jail now. But we're going to get into um, Celeste's trial now. Okay. Yeah, and bev- the other thing was, like, we talked about it in part one about some of the smaller true crime, like, message boards or blogs and stuff. Yeah, I, I've, I, I've had that question in my back pocket. Yeah, I thought like, that... How do you how do you do that? You've got to be, like, a whole special level mm-hmm. of homophobic. Yeah, people tend to blame Tracy and her lesbian yeah. love for Celeste. Because they demonize... Mm-hmm. That. Exactly. It had nothing to do how, with... How many cases... How many cases have we heard of in heterosexual relationships mm-hmm. where the lover of a spouse kills the other spouse? Oh, so many. And we don't go, oh, it's because you're straight. <laughs> exactly. No. If you were gay, you wouldn't have done that. <laughs> no. And in this case, like... Tracy had not been a danger to anybody else until yeah. Celeste. She had been maybe a danger to herself at the very least. Like, yeah. But it, you know, and everybody was okay with Tracy's reduced sentencing. So, but yeah, I think that the smaller blogs have got this one wrong. They're, it's weird. Well, Tracy testified against Celeste for over two days, telling the story every which way. It was incredibly rough, and Celeste's attorney was not nice to anybody involved. Because you know that the minute that Steve died, they were having all sorts of financial issues with her and trying to mm-hmm. deal with the money. Like, yeah. It was a mess, and I didn't even talk about it because it's just a mess. She wasn't happy with her trust. She wasn't happy with what she was given as an allowance from his estate. It, it's insane. She's not going to be happy no matter what. Exactly. It doesn't matter. But... She did have a really good defense attorney, and he was not kind to anybody involved. 
And we'll talk about it. You'll see it specifically when we talk about it in appeals. But Tracy's version of events during her testimony was not going to be enough to convict, convict Celeste on its own. The prosecutors would need corroborating evidence or testimony to make their case really stick because it's all circumstantial evidence. Mm, yeah. The testimony came from Celeste's own flesh and blood. Christina and Jennifer testified. Understandably, it was really hard for them to do that, especially in the face of that defense attorney, but they did. They did a great job. And of course, the defense tried to say, well, yeah, of course they're going to say that she did it because they're, they're in standing to get a lot of money if Celeste goes to jail because they are his children. So they were like, no, we don't care about that at all. We're not here for the money. But of course, that's what the defense said. Yeah. Basically, her defense was like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> like, that was their whole thing. So, yeah. I feel like we need to write a song <laughs> titled Gaslight. <laughs> but I think there actually is one. I think, well, now they go by the chicks. They were the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, I think they the might chicks. have, like, within the last few years came out with a song. That sounds familiar. Called Gaslight or Gaslighting or something like that. I just think about gas pedal, but I think that's a generational thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they played the phone call between Christina and her mom where Christina said that she had hired a hitman to kill Tracy. And the courtroom was completely stunned. They were all shooketh. After 72 hours of deliberation, the jury returned with a guilty verdict. Celeste Beer Johnson is facing a life sentence in jail. Good. You know what's next. The appeals. Which I appeals. actually thought were incredibly interesting. Normally appeals are boring, but these are good. So... I'm going to just kind of go down a list. There were like 26 or 27 points total on the appeal. Wow. Obviously, we're not going to go through all 26 or 27, but we're going to go through a few of them. That usually is the case, though, when it's gaslighting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when they're trying, trying to, to tell the court, like, when you're no, you were wrong. And here's all the reasons you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. When they're trying to gaslight the court, those are usually the ones. You that... shouldn't listen to your friends, you know. <laughs> Do you smell gas in here? Is it burning? I think it's burning. So one of the first points was uh, remove. I can never say this word. And I practiced. <laughs> what is this word? <laughs> oh. oh, remuneration. Remuneration or something. Remuneration? Yeah, something like that. Uh, basically, they said that she murdered predominantly for money. Yeah, that was that was the whole thing. Yeah. And they argued, like, no, you failed to prove that because I enjoyed his financial benefits my whole marriage, not just after he died. <laughs> I'll admit I'm a gold digger. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not a murderer. Exactly. Uh, they said no. <laughs> she brought up the divorce petition. She was like, look, he filed a divorce petition and then he withdrew it two months later. Why was that allowed in? evidence for the trial because obviously like he withdrew it we were still married um it, because it shows motive that's why it was allowed overruled <laughs> yeah they 
said that they committed an error by allowing the state to cross-examine Jimmy Martinez during the, her original trial. She says anything um, from her divorce should not have been allowed in because it had no standing. They they said they said no. <laughs> they said uh, no. I don't understand why that would change anything. There were factual basis for the divorce that was important to see for this case. Um, overruled. That had to do with her all. I'm assuming all the debt and mm-hmm. everything she had acquired. Yeah. When she was married to him. Yeah, showing financial yeah. fraud. Yep. And her very financially motivated murder trial. It's important. Yeah. She then tried to say that any evidence of her affair with Jimmy Martinez during her marriage to Stephen Beard should not have been allowed into court. Friend. <laughs> Motive. <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> this is my favorite one. <laughs> oh, my God. So... Tracy testified that Celeste had commissioned a giant painting of her and her daughters. Like a, like a painting. Like her in Schitt's Creek? Yes. Like it's that big? I don't know how big it is, but okay. I'm imagining like in Schitt's Creek. And that it hung in their house. She said that in the painting, there are the three women in the garden. And that there's a tiny medallion that had the face of Stephen on it in the painting. And Celeste had told Tracy that they included it in the painting because they didn't want to hurt his feelings, but they made it that way so that they could easily paint over it when he died. And Celeste was like, that shouldn't be allowed in. (laughs) He literally admitted to decorating around his death. I (laughs) am speechless. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what to say about that. It's insane. The next one is a little bit sad. The boyfriends of Christina and Jennifer testified together at the trial. And they said that Celeste had had an emotional breakdown about two weeks after he, after Stephen passed away. They said that she was so upset with the rumors that she was involved that she wanted to kill herself, but she didn't want to die alone. So she asked if they could all commit suicide together. And she asked if that be removed because she didn't think it was necessary. The court was like, no, that shows guilt. And its value is like going to outweigh any like unfair prejudice is what they said. And oh, my God. They even say like. We understand why this could be, you know, construed as hearsay. It could be construed as something that shouldn't be allowed in. But we're going to let it be there because we think, it, A, it's it wasn't abused in this case. And we don't think that we think it was, like, important, basically. They yeah. said, it, I can see where you're going, but not here. Overruled. <laughs> that one is sad. That one is. And honestly, do you know, I question... Mm. I question if that's really what her intention was or if she was going to try to get all these people who know mm-hmm. too much. Maybe. To we're going to do a suicide pact. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. And then conveniently, hers just doesn't take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. It's so uh, smart. I mean, I'm not saying that's for sure, but but that's my theory. Yeah. 
The next point was unfortunately also kind of sad. Her assistant testified during um, her trial, and she said that while they were on a trip to Houston with her new husband, Cole, she and Celeste were in their hotel room when Celeste made a comment that I'm just going to start reading directly from because this is kind of annoying. Like, this is not fun for me to read. She and Appellant were in their hotel room when Appellant made the comment that Goodson had large breasts. Goodson said she responded by saying, yeah, you know, they're real. Goodson continued. And then she ripped over her shirt and showed me hers and asked me, did I want to feel them? And I said no. So basically, she said, like, you shouldn't be able to include that because you're trying to make it seem like I'm this unstable person. Uh, Exactly. And they were like, (laughs) yeah, like, yeah, you are you are currently on trial for, uh, uh, you know, using your feminine wiles to seduce somebody into killing somebody for you so yeah uh, that is exactly and you already <laughs> approached this person about mm-hmm. killing, killing somebody, somebody else and then she didn't do it because hitmen don't work for minimum wage yeah, exactly so then you tried to use your feminine wiles again yeah oh, so Lord. yeah obviously overruled Finally, I think this is the last point. Yes, this is the last one. Basically, they had, uh, I don't, a woman named Katina Lofton, she was in jail with Tracy and she was being questioned or she was testifying in the trial to things that Tracy had said to her while in prison about the case. Yeah. And she was on the stand when... Celeste's attorney spent six pages of court record basically being like, you can't lie. And if you lie, we're going to catch you. And if you tell the you're going to be caught under perjury and like intimidating and badgering this witness because she they wanted her to to go their way, basically intimidating her into telling the truth. Now, she did not testify because of how bad this was. Oh, my God. Yeah, they dismissed the courtroom, and she decided she was not going to testify. Wow. Yeah. So wait, then why is it in the petition? In the appeals? Oh, they're saying that it like that she shouldn't have been allowed in to begin with. It it's it's just a point about yeah. like. Oh, and then there is one more. I'm sorry. I knew there was another one. <laughs> this one is so dumb. Double jeopardy. She said that her convictions for both capital murder and injury to an elderly person would constitute double jeopardy because it was the same crime. Bestie? Just no. Um, No, that's not how this works. Double jeopardy means you can't be tried again for the same, like, same crime. Doesn't mean they can't. It's not that they convicted you of the same crime twice. It's that they said... You committed a crime against an elderly person and caused injury, and it was a capital murder. It's an aggressive, an aggressive action. What is that called? I don't remember what it's called now. Did she not have an attorney? She did. By all this appeal? Yeah, she did. They they were grasping at straws. uh, Okay. Yeah. It it is. Again, I'm speechless. It's insane. So I'm going to do a little where are you now. Celeste is in jail, <laughs> or she will die. Good. Because she still adamantly says that she's innocent. 
she hasn't spoken to either of her daughters since April of 2002. They have, well, I should say, they have not spoken to Celeste. Yeah. Since April of 2002, which is just a few weeks after their stepfather had passed away. Like, yeah. as soon as they recorded that phone call, Christina recorded the phone call, they didn't speak to her after that. Yeah. Uh, they truly love Stephen, and they were instrumental in their testimony and gathering evidence against Celeste, and they actively speak out against her supporters. Tracy received a 10-year reduced sentence in exchange for testifying, and she was released in 2011 and lives in San Antonio. And finally, one more piece of bad news. The twins discovered that their mother stolen their identities when they oh were young my God. and had ruined their credit before they were even 18 years old. So that might have something to do with the not talking to her thing. There were a million different instances of Celeste's outrageous behavior. And I mean, it's insane to watch her. She'll do interviews now where she like cries and she's like, I did everything I could for the girls. And they're just after the money and they don't care about me. Yeah. She's she's something else for sure. Sad thing is they probably do, but... You left them no choice. You didn't care about them. Exactly. This is this is a this is a crazy one. That is crazy. And like I left out some stuff about like her the way that she talked about sex around her kids and uh because it was just icky. I didn't want to talk about it. Ew. Yeah. I mean, at one point she's such an attention whore. Like at one point she stabbed herself in the leg at a hair salon, like pitching a fit. Yeah, yeah, and so, like I said, there's so many stories, so many stories. I, oh my God. But I think I gave you guys a good overview. I think you get the picture. I think you get the idea. Yeah. That's wild. You made it to the end. Well, thanks for. If you made it. You did a good job. I think you you covered everything. Thank you. Good. I mean, you definitely got the picture of. How crazy this. Yeah. Uh, It's, yeah. Well, if you made it this far, (laughs) let's leave a little house emoji. A a mansion. Yeah, a little mansion emoji. And yeah, thank you again to Heather for requesting this case. I hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah. I liked it. It was a fun case to cover because there were so many twists and turns, but it was also like every time you turned away from the train wreck, it's all I could think about for days. Mm-hmm. So this was an this was an all-consuming one, and I'm glad to kind of put it to bed. I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a yeah. psychological thriller. Yeah. There was one quote. Somebody said, she killed her golden goose. Like, she... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Thursday. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Burden of Proof Pod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com.